Hello and welcome to another episode of the Casual Chat Podcast. My name's Andrew Liu and I'm joined by my co-host Hong, where we break down technical topics and recent events in a manner such that you, the casual listener, can understand its fundamental concepts and make use of them in your daily life. Let's dive right in. What else looks cool? The Waymo one seems pretty funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this article is from Vice.com. Futuristic self-driving car hits a person the old-fashioned way. Uh, a Waymo car strikes a person on a scooter in San Francisco, but the company says it's being driven by a human at the time. <laughs> okay, so I don't know which one sounds worse. It's like a human drove a car into a scooter or a machine learning model did. Both are pretty embarrassing. I mean, it's been long accepted that the human drivers are very error prone, right? Yes. Um, human drivers text, human driver drinks and drive, even though they've been told not to do. Human drivers get tired and still wants to get to their destination. Human drivers are just giant meat bags that's fitted within a metal box to operate. And if we believe anything Tesla says, we know that they still have crashes. With the existing technology, self-driving cars aren't flawless, but it is just that the self-driving cars are way more accurate and perhaps more safe at the existing self-task that they currently do. I have an interesting point to take on this article, Andrew. You've seen how wild these scooters get in San Francisco, right? Like in terms of their placement? You know, not only their placement, but also the people that ride them. I really think that these scooters travel at unacceptable velocities on a sidewalk. They travel way too fast. I don't feel safe as pedestrian walking. So you think the Waymo car needs to teach them a lesson? Oh, no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. This is not to victim blame here. You know, that's uh, the person on the scooter should have been hit on the car. Um, I do, however, think that this is a very unique circumstances for both drivers in San Francisco, but also the potential of self-driving cars in SF. Just because, you know, both work at companies that's very adjacent to the self-driving car industry. We know that there are many edge cases that the self-driving car itself needs to consider. And I do feel like person on a scooter with no real defined behavior is going to be extremely difficult edge case, whether it is for human drivers or for machine learning models. I'm a bit more skeptical if it's the human driver, because we're talking about a trained person on the job who is driving the Waymo car. Mm -hmm. I don't see any evidence that the bike rider was being reckless or negligent in any way. Uh -huh. So. It does seem like a lot to say that a trained driver driving a car hit a scooter without the driver kind of being somewhat complicit. Maybe that's just me though. Do you still remember the news of when Uber self-driving car killed a pedestrian? Uh, yes, I do. In that particular case, that was a car driving itself. But what we did find is that the driver I guess not necessarily the driver, but the human supervisor at the steering wheel was not paying attention. Hmm. And I think even though he, she, I think she was trained, she 
have been very much informed that this is her job. She still was not operating based on the instruction that was given her. And I would argue that that's a very general case. Human drivers are far, far from being perfect. And in this particular case, it sounded like the fact that the only reason it made the news was because it's a Waymo car. (laughs) <laughs> if it was, you know, just an average SF driver hitting an average SF scooter, it would just be another day. I think there is some difference in the sense that this was a driver on the job who was specifically trained not to hit stuff. <laughs> if it were just like a random driver, like even say like a random Uber driver, there are probably lots of bad Uber drivers. Mm-hmm. But there aren't that many Waymo drivers, and I would imagine they were held to some standard that is higher than that of an average driver. So to kind of see this behavior, I think is a slightly more egregious than other cases. I'm just gonna quote the article here. According to a Waymo spokesperson, start quote, yes. the autonomous specialist had recently disengaged the vehicle from autonomous mode and was driving in manual mode when the vehicle entered the intersection and made the left turn. After turning, And while still in manual mode, the vehicle came into contact with an individual on a motorized scooter, end quote. Mm -hmm. No serious injury have have yet been reported. So it definitely seems like the driver had to, you know, actively choose which mode he or she was driving in, which must put him into a very difficult position, right? Because it is easier, I would intuitively expect that it's easier if you're always driving or always not driving. But having to constantly switch between the two modes is perhaps not as constructive and probably impacts your focus a lot more. Yeah, and that's fair. I suppose it's like turning off and on autopilot and having to manage that is actually a pretty big hurdle as well. Three years ago, I had this idea that the progress of self-driving vehicles will be stopped by the fact that they are not flawless. And my expectation at that time was that there would be a case where the self-driving vehicle does kill a person. Mm-hmm. And the progress of these vehicles would then be halt because the public does not accept the fact that a machine can also make mistakes. I, however, no longer think that. And in fact, after the Uber instance and after reading so many Tesla instance and Waymo instance, I now have the hypothesis that no amount of instance will stop the progress of self-driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, Tesla is very open about how many crashes they have. And it just appears that like people are very much climatized to the fact that like these vehicles will also hit you and it will happen. You word it really gracefully. I would have worded it more like Elon doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but I suppose um, what you said makes sense too. The way that I've always thought about machine learning algorithms in the real world is that they're best for situations where you care a lot about recall, but you don't have to worry about precision. So for example, recommendation engines are a fantastic use case for machine learning models because if the model finds one long tail recommendation that it's super good, the user gets a lot of value out of that. The model at the same time can give you a lot of imprecise crap recommendations, Mm -hmm. 
but that's okay because those are low consequence. As long as it gives you a few really good recommendations, you'll click on those, you'll be happy and none the wiser. And on the flip side, that is kind of why, say, self-driving cars has its own special problem. It's more of like a low recall, but high precision task where driving is a relatively mundane task you get from point A to point B, but there are many ways to mess up driving that are high consequence. For example, if you crash, you kill someone, you wreck the car, it's a situation that you can't really afford to screw up. And so when you slap a machine learning model onto that situation, you kind of for lack of a better phrase, you kind of let someone else take the wheel <laughs> in the sense that now you are trusting something not to crash or wreck your car. And that assumes that the machine learning model is infallible. And so undoubtedly, like you will come into accidents. Now, um, comparatively, humans are not infallible either. So maybe we could get to a point where um, models are statistically safer than human drivers. But yeah, that's always how I've thought about it as a precision and recall problem. You want to throw machine learning pretty aggressively at problems where recall is critical, precision is not. And you want to be much more conservative for problems where precision is critical, but recall is lower priority. So that's always why I've had a minor reservation with self-driving cars, but I'm always happy to be proven wrong in this case. From the public perception, self-driving cars definitely has lots of promises and is very exciting. But I think generally within the industry, people believe that self-driving car won't arrive within the next eight to 20 years. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable. Like they have a lot of time to work on the self-driving cars if you have a decade. Yeah, there are some very interesting problems that still needs to be solved. In fact, I think the problems that are ahead of us will ultimately be more difficult than the terminal state. What I mean is that I think it's much more difficult to introduce self-driving cars that drives with other humans than to have self-driving cars that drive amongst self-driving cars. There will need to be a transition period, and I do honestly think that transition period poses as the more difficult challenge because the inherent adversarial behavior of human drivers. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, then it turns into a game theory problem where humans will probably pass and cut off self-driving cars because they know the self-driving cars will be non-aggressive. And we already see that on the streets of San Francisco. Like Uber drivers would definitely bully these self-driving cars because they know they can get away with it and their trained specialists must follow like these safe driving orders. <laughs> well, well, not not this trained specialist in this article. <laughs> not this one. I have another one in similar veins of self-driving cars. So um, this particular article is from Reuters.com. Explainer. Tesla drops radar. Is autopilot system safe? So this collection of news is essentially summarizing a recent decision made by Elon and Tesla's autonomy team. Although they currently have a lot of cars that's in customers' hands that are fitted with radar, going forward, they'll essentially not use the radar data generated 
by the census anymore. And they're really doubling down on vision as one of the only sensors you'd need. So vision as in cameras? Yes, uh, vision as in... I see. Uh, yeah. I have a quote here from Elon, actually from his Twitter. When radar and vision disagrees, which one do you believe? Vision has much more precision, so better to double down on vision than do sensor fusion. So at the time of recording, um, I believe, I think CVPR is also happening at the time. And Andrew Kapathy, the head of Tesla autonomy team, has just given a talk on their recent decision. Their current take on this is that although naturally, if you have two sensors that disagree, you will think about how to resolve these two sensors correctly, right? Because they, yeah. you know, they're both valuable information. My understanding from what Kapati has said is that radar is so far inferior than vision as a sensor that it is no longer useful for them to resolve this going forward. I see. So if there's a conflict between what you have from vision versus radar, mm -hmm. I'm guessing 99.9% .9 of the time it's radar just being wrong. Or at least that was their argument towards abandoning radar completely. I see. This obviously is some interesting take on this, right? Tesla has historically taken a very, very strong stance when it comes to their implementation of self-driving cars. Um, Elon is very infamously known to say that you don't need LiDAR because human can drive without LiDAR and just with vision only and hence self-driving cars can achieve the same thing. There's several arguments you can make against this, but given that he owns Tesla, his decision is final. What this essentially means is that Tesla are supposed to be more generalizable because you don't need to fit expensive sensor on your car but also means that you kind of making this promise to your existing set of customers that with the software upgrade, you will also have full self-driving abilities. What is interesting about this though, is that they did already sell many, many, many cars with LiDARs in them. Are they just gonna basically make customers pay for it and not use that sensor whatsoever? I suppose it's uh, paying for the R&D, <laughs> plus right. Tesla's hedging their bets. You never know, Elon could be wrong about LiDAR. <laughs> What's your take on this, Andrew? Do you think he's right about doubling down on vision as the only sensor? Yeah, for one, I don't see why it's bad to have more signal. Sure, like maybe vision will get you most of the way there, but radar is never bad, right? Worst case, you ignore the signal, and then the question becomes like, are you ignoring the signal 100% of the time? My guess is that probably vision is actually all you need. Like, vision is all you need to get there 95%, and then maybe you need another source of signal like LiDAR or radar to boost you up to the 99th percentile. And so do we actually need to get up to 99%? Maybe not, actually. I do actually agree with the idea like humans only have one set of cameras effectively mm -hmm. and they can drive pretty well. And so it's not so much the amount of input or signals that you're getting, but rather the quality and how you work with it. So yeah, I imagine like for most self-driving applications, you just need to be a decent driver. You don't need to even be a skilled driver. 
And in that case, it becomes an optimization problem where you wonder, does adding radar and does adding LIDAR and does listening to either of those signals actually add value as compared to the cost of implementing it and also maintaining it? And I can see the answer being no. So it's more like, do you want to hyper-optimize? If so, include radar and LIDAR and literally every other signal in the universe that you can get a hand on. But in terms of practical need, I can see a world where you can get rid of those signals and you can still be fine. Like you said, I definitely see arguments for where you may not necessarily want to have additional LIDAR sensors on your car. One of them is that LIDAR sensor is pretty expensive. Cheaper sensors, which might not enable that much capability, still cost thousands of dollars. And consider currently a Tesla Model 3 is only about $30,000. You're drastically increasing the cost of the vehicle. But it's interesting that you said vision is all you need. I do have a counter argument to that, which mm -hmm. is, although vision is all we need, vision may not be what a machine needs. Yeah, that's fair. What I meant to clarify my earlier point is assume that we had an oracle. Mm -hmm. Just given ourselves as a baseline, that oracle machine learning model should be fine given just vision because the human, assuming like the machine is strictly better than the human, only uses vision. So I'm not saying right now the current machine learning models only need vision, but with a theoretical optimum or a theoretical oracle, maybe vision is all you need. Interesting. You could perhaps make a similar argument for, uh, let me give you a parallel analogy. If we compare the human brain with the computer chip, mm -hmm. human mostly generates its energy from food, where a computer chip mostly uses electricity. We think using this very, very complex brain made of billions and perhaps even trillions of neurons and a computer uses transistors and mostly thinks in ones and zeros. From the external perspective, we may be able to achieve the same task, i.e. play chess, but internally we operate very differently. Yes. Although human can drive with only vision, there's no rules that's in the fundamental laws of physics to say that a machine must drive like a human can. In the same sense that perhaps all the machine needs is LiDAR. Here, what we do know is that you can drive without vision, but that's not necessarily to say vision is the best way for us to get yes. to self-driving. De definitely. I, I agree with that. It's more that using humans as a model, like, of course, the internals are totally different. If we just count input versus output, we already have tangible evidence that if you're only given vision, you can somehow make the output work out correctly. So Ooh. yeah, in terms of theory, maybe you can only have LiDAR and that's fine. But I'm just saying like, given that the input-output pairing is input is vision and output is driving instructions, that in theory should work. I'm going to make a slight caveat on that. Here, I think it's very intuitive to think about the input-output as a pair of RGB image and the output is driving instructions. But I would actually argue that the true input into a human system is not only the vision, but also the collective experience of that human life. 
So when they see a stop sign, they have seen that stop sign previously at moments in time. They have seen many signs. They have seen many things that said stop. They know lots of things. They have accumulated lots of things. And I would argue that that accumulation also as you know, their life experience as an input to the human system that is not a consumable input to the existing self. Right. But I mean, in terms of the machine learning analog, wouldn't that have just been training data for the model? I was thinking of it in that term. Like, of course, you have a vision model, you train it with many lifetimes of driving experience. But then here we're going back to what I was trying to describe previously, which is that training a machine learning model is fundamentally nothing like training a human. And these are very different architectures and systems and making comparisons between the two would break down. Humans are growing nothing like how machine learning models are trained in the same way that a brain is growing nothing like how transistors and chips are manufactured. Yeah, that's fair. Anything else about Tesla? Nope. Uh, I wish Elon the best of luck. A lot of their algorithms doing is very exciting. I think Elon's Twitter is also very exciting. <laughs> for many others, but perhaps not for me. Elon, I don't know. Uh, his Twitter personality is very different from his actual personality. Yeah, so I think people tend to read too much into it. Again, I think it's Elon doesn't really give a shit. Mm -hmm. So he will just randomly tweet. Oh, yeah. And that's all there is. So I don't know. If, if you read too deeply into why he's doing a certain tweet, mm -hmm. you are very much <laughs> overinterpreting what's going on. Yep. I would agree. And it's more of like how you analyze a book. The author said the sky is blue. Why? Is it because the sky is actually blue or is it because it's to represent sadness? <laughs> and then you start to overanalyze everything.